Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Water, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We have a loaded question and answer episode for y'all today. It's been almost a couple of months since we've done one. So we have mm-hmm. hundreds of questions that we are pulling from. <laughs> so first and foremost, welcome in to today's episode. If you are a new listener, shout out. Thank you for giving us a shot, joining us on this fasting journey and listening in on how to level up your fasting lifestyle. We come each and every week with an episode, sometimes research-based, sometimes lifestyle-based. But we really want to create an action step, something that you can do that you can leave the episode today, putting something into your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. that can add value, simplify the process, and most importantly, adapt that fasting lifestyle to your long-term results. So Tommy, I am excited today because these are questions that we see inside of our community group. A couple of these questions came from our VIP coaching group. Some of these we pull from messages we get on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, self-proclaimed not the best at those. Uh, emails that you could in- email in info at thefastingforlife.com. But the majority of these today are going to be coming from the community group. So if you're looking for a group of like-minded fasting individuals uh, that know and like our podcast and the way we operate, then you can head to the show notes, click the link, and come on in. Join the party of adapting to a fasting lifestyle. So Love it. Yeah, man. We've got a lot to go over today. I want to start with one that came out of the coaching group that was actually spawned by me indirectly. Mm-hmm. And if you've been following along and you know, if you could actually categorize or catalog all of the episodes that we've done and you know, put them into like systematize the action steps, you would have pretty much you would have more information on fasting and the benefits and the application <laughs> than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fasting Bible. <laughs> fasting Bible. But we want it to be simplified for you. And I, if you've been listening, I've been really focusing on a visceral fat goal. Right. Mm-hmm. So not so much the weight loss goal, but the visceral fat number. So targeting visceral fat. We did a recent the podcast episode. Fat. Yeah. yeah, the dangerous fat, right? If you don't know what that is, you can search fasting for life, visceral fat, and some episodes will pop up. But I've been focusing on that more than, you know, an end-all, be-all number on the scale, let's say, right? Okay. Yep. And we did a recent episode on protein pacing, right? And the the prioritization of protein, which is something that we've we have preached and teached since day one. I know that's not proper grammatical uh, <laughs> context there, folks. So don't don't at me. Of our breakdown of a 40-40-20 breakdown, if you're doing macros or, or you're tracking or you're, you want to be operating in that realm while you're fasting, mm-hmm. and then making sure that we're prioritizing protein because we want body composition preservation while we're fasting. We want to be making sure of course. that we are protecting our lean muscle tissue, which we do with fasting because of the growth hormone spike. 
But this, I posted this just as like a, hey, I'm checking in with y'all. Haven't had to dust off my fitness pal. Hadn't really done this in a while. And I have been, again, focusing on this protein prioritization and putting protein first, building your plate mm. with protein first. Played around with carnivore recently. So again, protein prioritization there yeah. for sure. And when I posted it, it was interesting because I was doing a little, a little team ad, a little two meals a day. And okay. I ended, we're, we're doing a, a fast cycling week. So I'm, I'm cycling between 18 to then 30 hour fast and did a little team ad. So two meal a day. I wanted to be focusing on getting sufficient nutrition. I called it eats and protein aiming for 130 grams every day that I'm not fasting. Meaning if there's a day that I'm doing an extended fast or I'm not eating a meal that day, not on those days, not on my burn days, but on the days that mm -hmm. I'm consuming, I want to be focusing on getting 130 grams of protein every day. Okay. So where does that come from? Well, that comes from my goal weight, which is estimated because I'm really focusing on the visceral fat, but right now prioritizing protein and of 185. Mathematically, that puts me in a, in a, in a category, right? That I want to be in. So it's just a, a not a broad target, but a soft target. Sure. So 130 grams of protein. So 185 times 0.7. And that gets me to 140, what is that math? I did it and now I can't remember. That gets me one, to 100, yeah, about 129.5, so 130 mm -hmm. grams. So I said, simplicity wins, I'm stuffed. So my meals were a pound of organic grass-fed ground beef with mm -hmm. two ounces of raw cheddar cheese in a Sounds bowl. Sounds good. Lots of Redmond salt, some pepper. Nice. Scarfed it down. Stuffed, okay? <laughs> Stuffed. Yeah. Then I did four eggs and six slices of bacon for dinner. Mm, I like it. Yeah. My wife made roasted cauliflower for the family and I was like, mm, not eating that. So <laughs> that's what I ate. Nice. How'd you feel? Great. Full. Like I didn't even want dinner. So the breakdown- I was still full from the lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So the breakdown was six grams of carbs, 120 grams of fat, and 142 grams of protein. Hmm. So it was a 65% fat, 34% protein meal. Strong keto. Strong keto. Unintentional, just mm. prioritizing protein first. Yeah. So in the post, someone mentioned, wow, that is a lot of protein. <laughs> so I said, okay, Sarah, I will bite, <laughs> right? And then looked up. Sarah's metrics and her goal should be a hundred grams of protein a day based on her minimum, based on her uh, 145 goal weight. Okay. So the confusing thing here for a lot of people is, well, how do I prioritize protein? Yeah. It's expensive. Takes a while to eat. I got to cook eat that it. much. Yeah. I have to be very deliberate if I'm going to you know, be saving it or having it for leftovers. It's not like I can just leave it out on the counter. Should I supplement, right? Should I use you know, powders or bars or, or anything else like that, that we have potentially available to us? All these kind of questions kind of come up. Protein tends to be, if, if we're not diligent about prioritizing it, then it kind of just, it can fall by the wayside. Yes. Because it it because it, it, it takes more effort, you know, to prepare and and then to eat. And, you know, it's just like we have to be very deliberate about it. Otherwise it can it can just default to to lower on the on the priority list, unfortunately. And we had Fats done a can't recent, do sometimes, but right, hundred percent. And and recently we did a a nutrition feedback week, mm -hmm. right, where people posted what they were eating and we tweaked and 
and coached and, you know, helped kind of like answer the the question, like, what should I eat? What should my plate look like? Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. fasting's the easy part. Sure. <laughs> Once you're doing it a few <laughs> times, you're like, oh yeah, fasting's easy. But then when it comes to food choices, uh-oh. uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> beat, beat, beat back the truck up, right? Yeah. So when we're talking about protein, we want to start, you know, simple things like switch cereal for eggs, snacking on cheese, starting your meals by eating protein sources first, right? Simple things like that. But for instance, let's say I was doing an OMAD and I was shooting for a thousand calories. A mm-hmm. uh, hundred of that would be protein, a hundred grams. So that's like a chicken breast and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, 44 grams of fat and 50 carbs. Now, if you guys are doing low carb, you're reversing diabetes, maybe you're going to drop those carbs even lower so then you can up your fat. Sure. Yeah. Right. Now I did this in arrears. I just was like, Hey, let me see where I'm at with this meal that I like to eat that I eat pretty frequently. Yeah. Just reverse right? engineering it. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, just kind of reverse it's kind of almost a litmus test. Yeah. Right. So leaner meats, obviously you won't have as much fat, but the idea here is prioritizing that protein intake. So how do you do that? Well, you build your plate with protein first and you eat. Yep your protein first. And if it's a fatty steak, that's fine too, because that's going to increase peptide YY and that's going to make you feel more full and satiated. And we know Mm -hmm. that protein balances. We just did an episode recently on ghrelin, the hunger hormone. Well, you get the most metabolic burn rate from protein and you decrease your hunger hormones. Never mind blood sugar and insulin rise significantly less when you consume your protein and veggies before eating your carbohydrates. So another reason to prioritize protein first. I also like two psychological aspects of it. One being that when you prioritize protein, you you tend to viscerally remember that meal a little bit longer. So it can it can definitely cut down yeah. on cravings. Like when I got to dinner, I was like, oh, it's time <laughs> to eat again? Oh, uh, are, are you sure? <laughs> do, I need, do I have to? Right. Yeah. Yeah, whereas if if you had, you know, probably well for yours yours was very low carb, but even if you were following like a a really good like forty forty twenty split, let's say, right, if it had been higher than twenty percent as far as the carbohydrates, the hunger comes back much much faster, and then the the cravings if if you are subject to cravings, they'll come back faster too. Whereas a higher amount of protein and fat, especially, but but protein for sure, you just you can still feel it. You know, it just that that hunger stays gone longer for sure. Right. And then then you just have the fact that when you're putting together your plate and then you're thinking about your next one, it's also like you kind of know that your important goals are are right there like on your plate. You don't have to worry about am I doing too many of the carbs? Am I missing my anabolic window? If you still have any of those like hey, I'm I'm working out and I really should be getting some protein after my workout. Like if you're trying to do that even if you you know it's not, you know, really not nearly as important, you know, as we hear sometimes it can still feel like, hey, I'm working out or, hey, I want to I want to build muscle or at least, you know, maintain the muscle that I have. I definitely want to be doing that with with protein. My muscles are made of protein. Yeah. So it can it can be a, a really good like reinforcement of what you're doing to continue making good choices, which is big as far as like psychological and physiological momentum too. So when you're fasting, right, and then you break your fast, here is the prioritization of protein, like running list of of reasons why you should do it. Tommy just mentioned a few. Now, if you're trying to build, like you're in a build phase and you're really trying to build lean muscle, then you're going to want to up mm. your protein intake and your frequency of protein. 
Because it's not so much the anabolic window, it's the consistent intake of protein. That's why I was talking about soft targets. I'm really focusing on protein pacing for the visceral fat reduction. Nice. So other things you can do is you can you can add a little cheese to your plate, to your breaking of your fast. The handful of almonds, right? Mm-hmm. And then a couple ounces of, we have this really great raw cheese here, and it has seven grams of protein per ounce. So a couple ounces of cheese, 14 grams of protein, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get a, you know, Six grams of, or one ounce of almonds is another six grams. Yeah. There's another 20 grams of protein in two ounces of cheese and one small, I mean, 28 gram, one ounce of of almonds. Yeah. One serving. All of these things that are like protein power packed foods, they may not hit you as like the craving in the moment. Yeah, they're that not can the craving sometimes, ones. Right. Well, for me, can cheese su- can be, but. Well, yeah, but that's sometimes why... If you look at it at the end of the day, if you're if you're a grazer or if you're if you're subject to snacking, then the the craving in the moment oftentimes is usually carb related. It, it will usually be quenched, or you'll try to quench it with carbohydrates. That's that's kind of a, a default for a lot of us. So to have protein snacks takes just a little bit of of time or a little bit of thought beforehand to kind of yep. have those ready. Like I like doing deviled eggs. Just put them yep. in the fridge. Have yep. like you know, a dozen or a couple of dozen in there, you, you prep them once, you might spend 30 minutes, you know, maybe a little bit longer, but you may only have to do that once in a week. And then you can, you can grab those and like, you know, have a nice little protein bomb whenever you're hungry or, you know, as long as you're not fasting. So talking about eggs, this is one of the things that I truly believe. And we've talked about this multiple times about the disparity and is eating breakfast good for you? Should you eat breakfast? What about fasting? Most people that start fasting, just skip breakfast, right? Yeah. Is that sustainable for you? Do you like breakfast? Do you wake up hungry? What are your hormone mm-hmm. signals? What are your cravings? How's your sleep? How's your stress? What's your workday look like? Right? So many different factors. Yeah. But I truly believe that one of the things that causes breakfast to be not so great for people is because the choices they make at breakfast, right? Yeah. So most breakfast foods are low in protein. So my mom's been eating oatmeal for, I don't know, she's 73. So let's say, 53 years okay, for breakfast. (laughs) Probably longer. Um, And yeah, okay. Oatmeal is seen as a health food, but it only has five grams of protein in about approximately one cup. Three eggs has 19. Add a little ounce of cheese. Okay. Now you're 26. Handful of almonds. Okay. Now I'm at 31. (laughs) Hmm, Okay. We're starting to build. You can add in a scoop of collagen into your oatmeal, into Mm -hmm. your baked goods, into your coffee. (laughs) It dissolves. The brain we use in our house is bubs. We make the Simple Mills banana muffins, right? Mm-hmm. It's like banana so bread good. muffins. Oh yep. my gosh. It's like, okay, here, maybe it's just us in this house, but we buy bananas and we let them go like dark. Yeah. We let them get super yeah, ripe. That. Uh-huh. And then we throw them out. We never make the banana bread ever, <laughs> ever, 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 right? Yeah, but it's always the plan. Like, hey, should we, should we, should we, should we throw these out? No, no, no. no uh, let's let's bread. let them, yeah. Bull. Bull. I'm calling bull, you know what? Yeah, okay? it's like one in a hundred. Yeah. So we use these simple mills and we add in a couple scoops of collagen. We found this gluten free cinnamon roll, right? Because we hmm. should live life without a cinnamon roll occasionally. Right. So every couple of weeks, we'll make them on Saturday or Sunday and we add in collagen into the gluten free cinnamon roll dough as well as into the cinnamon butter cinnamon mix that we, we drizzle on top. Collagen, nice. Right. Yeah. Flipping those ratios, getting a little more balance in there. Right. So eggs, collagen, almonds, we talked about those. Another big one that that a lot of people we find that love is seven ounces or one serving of Greek yogurt, an additional 17 to 20 grams of protein 
add in a good, we like to use the Designs for Health Paleo protein. So mm-hmm. it's a beef-based protein. I mean, one serving of Greek yogurt, you got 17 to 20 grams, add in some berries, and maybe you add in a scoop of the pure protein or a good protein source yeah. into that as well. Now you're at 20 to 40 plus grams nice. of protein in that one serving, seven ounces. That's not a lot. Yeah. You know, putting together this snack like that, like a power pack snack, I just remembered like something that we hear sometimes is, yeah, but isn't too much protein in one sitting? Isn't that bad? Won't I just pee it out? Like, you know, like I, I remember hearing that from, you know, in the supplement world and, and right, things like right, that, but right, right. We, we still hear it today, you know? And so, but it's, look at it like any other macronutrient, you know? So if you're bringing fat in or you're bringing carbohydrates in or you're bringing, you're bringing protein in, your body will figure out what to do with it. If we need it now, we'll burn, we'll burn through it now. If we don't, then we'll store some of it so we can tap into it later. That's just the process, but there's nothing inherently wrong about bringing in additional protein right now, even if you can't, you know, quote unquote, use it all right now, or if you're not coming off of a, you know, like a heavy workout or, right. or something else like that. This is one of the biggest things that I feel like, other than the hydration issue, when you start fasting, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but this weight loss basics, fasting or not fasting, Prioritize Mm. protein. You're going to get so many benefits on your hormones, on your hunger, on your body composition. So no matter what path you choose, make this a priority. So if you're doing one meal a day and you're in a fat loss phase, you're like, how could I eat 130 grams of protein in one meal? Well, don't. Do what I did. Make it a three-hour window. I feel great this morning. That's awesome. Because this was yesterday, right? So. Another way to get more protein is, is you can, if you want to, and my wife will do this a lot at night if she's behind, like if she's like, man, I haven't had enough protein today, or mm-hmm. I haven't got no, uh, all my hydration and she'll do like coconut water and a smoothie, but you can add in, do a protein shake, add in half an avocado, add in some collagen. You can add in some, you know, you can use allulose or stevia if you want it a little bit sweeter. Yeah. But have the shake as the dessert. You can add in flax seeds or chia seeds to add a little bit more protein right? Nice. So you really want to just reverse engineer the protein first. And I'll say this about one thing that is is misinterpreted as a protein booster, things like peanut butter and almond butter. Yeah. Very, very dense, calorically dense foods. Sure. Not well measured. If you go look at the two tablespoons on the serving size, I believe it's 16 grams on the almond butter. Oh, man. It's not that much. Yeah. So be so easy to just keep going. Yeah. Plus right. super high in in fat. Fats. It's yeah, it's fat. It's not they, a they, they have some protein, but don't consider yeah. them a, a, like a high protein food. Consider them a no. high fat food. Correct. That'll be much 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 better for your for your buckets, like for yep. your quick quick buckets. But Now if you're about, coming off a 72-hour fast, yeah, put the peanut butter in, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, like we're like talking in, about sustainability. What is maintenance going to look like? Maintaining your weight loss, protein's a priority. Yeah. What does the end goal look like? protein's a priority. We've known a few successful fasters. I'll I'll put myself in this category too, who temporarily limited or even eliminated some of the nut butters. Right. Like it can be, it can be kind of a slippery slope, like a a calorie packed uh, and nutrient dense, you know, for sure. But at the same time, if it, if it kicks up those, those snacky cravy things or like the pantry behavior, if you have that, that kind of tendency, then, then, you know, you might want to just eliminate them for a little while. But also I don't want to forget to mention cottage cheese. 
So, you know, 70% protein. So good. Here's the problem with cottage cheese. Oh, here we go. It's cottage cheese. (laughs) It's gross. The texture? It's just gross. (laughs) But I will tell you this, that we have been on a cottage cheese kick in making recipes that have it in it that you would never know. Oh, interesting. Because once you like de-lump it, it's probably, it can mix pretty well. You can make a pretty good ice cream. That's cool. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So, but yeah, one cup of cottage cheese. I mean, it's crazy how like a cup go to or envision if you're at work or driving, envision your measuring cups, go get the cup. That's not a lot of food. Yeah. It's protein packed for sure. Right. I thought it was weird when I, when I picked up my first, you know, my first container of it, and this was to kind of lower some of the powder supplementation of protein. I was like just trying to do better on my plates. So I I agree the texture was like a little off-putting at first, but at the same time, especially like you could put some, you know, some berries or, you know, some strawberries or something, something else in it, but it didn't take long before I didn't really need to mix other things in it. So yeah, it it wasn't as bad as it, as it looked. I was always kind of afraid to try it, honestly, until I I started actually eating it. Until my (laughs) mid-30s. Yeah. We use it now. I can eat it. It's not yeah. something I typically, I'd, I'd rather do Greek yogurt over it. I'd prefer cottage cheese. Interesting. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. Yeah. You yin and, and yang. All, uh, yep. Yin and yang. <laughs> so cottage cheese is good. We mentioned beef sticks, right? So this is this is funny because- Beef um, sticks are great. Thrive Market. It's not a subscription, yet we get a box every month. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't, you don't have to order. Like, <laughs> yeah. stop it. Shut off the ordering. <laughs> and then now Costco has the big chomps sticks. Yeah. Archer's a great brand. Nitrate mm-hmm. free, chemical free. Just an easy way to get in nine to 12 grams, depending on the brand. And one thing that I love to do too, is because we are a larger family and we do shop at Costco and we do like bulk discounts on mm-hmm. certain things, right? like Bonza pasta. Whenever you can get it. $4 a box or $12 for five bags at Costco, we'll take it. <laughs> Another one you can do is eat canned fish. Now, this is something you might be going, ooh, canned fish. Okay, well, how about canned chicken? Mm. One can of Costco Kirkland canned chicken has 46 grams of protein. Nice. One can. Yeah. It's almost pure protein. Seven ounces. Seven ounces. That's not a lot. Right. Right? Mix in a little, uh, the uh, Primal Kitchen avocado mayo, a little bit of maybe some some relish, a little mustard, some salt, Mm -hmm. some pepper. Have that as your side dish instead of the giant bag of cookies or baked potato or- yeah. Or toast Whatever. or bread. Yeah. Or toast or bread, right? You will you will feel a difference. And it's super yeah. easy to do. We actually use canned um, sardines, canned oysters, canned salmon, because we don't not I can't cook salmon. I'm just mm. I don't know how to do it. I'm not good <laughs> at it. My wife doesn't eat seafood, but my kids love it. So we used canned tuna, canned salmon, and they just scarf it down. Nice. And it's like pure. Protein. Now, I can't do the sardines. I, I do enjoy the canned salmon, tuna, and chicken. But that's mm. another way, you know, three and a half ounces, 100 grams. You know, those little, picture those little skinny pop 100 gram, 100 calorie bags. Like picture like a little serving, 19 grams of protein and three and a half, three and a half ounces. So you're getting another 20 mm. right there. Now, if you eat the can of Kirkland, of course, it's Costco size, you're getting 46 grams of protein. Yeah. So you just got to play around with, you know, what. What is your end goal? But when I posted this in the group, everybody's like, whoa, that's a lot of protein. I'm like, okay. 
And we saw with that nutrition feedback exercise, dozens and dozens and dozens and now hundreds of posts when we ask for nutrition feedback and people post their meals. Yeah, I'm focused on protein. Okay. Well, your meal's mostly carbs and fat. Yeah, mostly carbs and some fat, usually. Right. Usually not very intentional on the fat. Right. So if you're not intentional with it, then it can fall through the cracks very easily. So, yeah. Okay. That should be kind of our, our bookmark for if anyone asks, how do, you, how do I break my fast? Prioritize protein. We used to say break yeah. it slowly. Right. If you're brand new, go back and listen to the break it slowly episode. You know, I, I just want to say one more thing about protein. The second stomach phenomenon. Dr. Fung mentions it in Obesity Code. And just, just the fact that I can have a big meal. It could be protein packed. But if, if there's an offer for something carbohydrate rich after that meal, there's almost always this ability for our brain to kind of compartmentalize what we've already had. Carbohydrates, especially highly processed ones coming in afterwards, they don't have the same like feedback deterrent system in the body and in the brain like protein does. But the process of preventing that or being proactive with it starts with your meal and starts at the beginning of your meal. So the more protein you have earlier in your meal, the less likely you are to you know sneak in a few more or for some more carbs especially to find their way onto your plate or into your cravings during that meal or after that meal is over when you're trying to hit an OMAD, but then it becomes a slippery slope open window, let's say, or when you plan to set your next timer, but you end end up feeling like these strong cravings before your your you know your fast is, is meant to be over at that point. So be proactive. It'll make your next fast easier for sure. Yeah. And one thing, if you're in the vegan vegetarian world, then, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get a little bit more creative. So sure. there's that, there's that, uh, brand that we've been exposed to Kachaba. Yeah. Uh, which looked really clean, really great. You know, then you can look at things like lentils, beans, edamame, even just a small serving of edamame. Now, obviously if you're concerned of soy, then don't go that route, whatever works for you. Quinoa. Sure. Ancient grains have a lot of protein as well, but you're really going to want it. You're going to have to work a little harder uh, things like pumpkin seeds too. And don't forget about the turkey and chicken because we didn't really mention that uh, when we were talking about prioritizing protein with the 40-40 split. Mm-hmm. But just just has to be first and foremost, right? Yeah. So setting that in motion is going to help with the couple of next questions that we have that are kind of related. One is about when I wake up recently and I feel like my... I'm just sluggish. Like I I just feel kind of weak. I'm not lightheaded, kind of fatigued. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really know, you know, what's going on or why that would be happening. And then when you might feel a bit lightheaded longer times into your like in the 36 to 48 hour, these two things are directly related. And the two questions that came in were, okay, I'm at my 43 hour mark. I'm feeling a little lightheaded. What do I do? And then I'm waking up feeling a little fatigued, not lightheaded, but just kind of foggy. The number Mm -hmm. one solution is not to increase your water, but we just talked about this in the most recent masterclass that we did. You need to make sure that you're getting in proper electrolytes and trace minerals. Mm. Yeah. You know, those are something I I, I feel like when we're we're just eating all throughout the day, we can kind of take take for granted the fact that 
that salt and different electrolytes and different trace minerals are coming in just kind of naturally. Like we may never have felt what it can feel like as those levels kind of come down. Because if, if food's not just coming in all throughout the day, then I don't have a constant sodium intake or selenium intake or boron that's coming in or, you know, potassium, magnesium, all of these things, but they are incredibly important. They, they work at in, in every cell of our body is, is based on, you know, electrolytic, you know, gradients that have to be intact for us to, to work as we're designed to work. So we can, we can start to feel these in these kind of like strange ways, but they can, they can feel really kind of foreign, especially when we first get into fasting. I think just being proactive and like starting knowing that that's the case and kind of starting the day with that intention. Like if I'm going to bring in some salt, supplement some salt because I know I'm going to fast, then doing a little bit at the beginning of the day, right? And then knowing if if my activity level is going to increase, like maybe I have a workout plan today or I'm going to be working outside. It's getting into the summertime. Knowing that those electrolyte levels are going to change even a bit faster because the machinery in your body is is constantly going through water and electrolytes. And then as you as you pee, you have to get rid of a lot of those electrolytes over time. So you're going to be depleting them over time. So bringing them back in in a proactive manner is very important. Yeah, the question specifically was, I've noticed that in the morning before I break my fast, this person's normally eating between 11 and 3. I've been feeling lightheaded and weak, not to the point of faint, but just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Took some electrolyte drops and that felt better. So electrolytes can help. You were just saying that, yes, as insulin comes down, they get flushed out. So it's not drinking more water. And we yeah. just did a big episode on salt recently and how it's it's been misrepresented in the blood pressure and health overall health world. And it's, it's definitely under-recommended in terms of the amount. So if you want to learn more yeah. about it, head back and listen. It gets blamed for the insulin problems. It does. It does. <laughs> but the simplest way to do it is use a Redmond's sea salt a Celtic sea salt, or even like a pink Himalayan salt. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the recommended daily, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The nutrition panel, the serving mm-hmm. size, you know, quarter of a teaspoon might be the serving, but if you look at one teaspoon of Redmond's, you're going to be getting all the salt you could need, right? Mm-hmm. So I like to stack my day this way because this person who asked the question, Ruth, it's typically in the morning. You've been sleeping all night. Your body's been burning. It's been processing. You're not up in the middle of the night drinking a ton of water. Not that that would help, especially if it's an electrolyte issue. Right. If you're on meds for hypertension, especially diuretics, you've got even more of a problem. So Mm. not decreasing your sodium, but increasing your Celtic, Himalayan, or Redmond sea salt. You've been actively pushing them out with the diuretics, right? Yeah. So this is a common problem, especially in the morning. So I like to wake up, I do my vitamin C, I do my LMNT, and I do my Redmond sea salt in a teaspoon of Redmond sea salt in 30 ounces of water. And that's how I start my day before I do my coffee. Because mm. now I know I'm rehydrating from the night before and I'm also setting the electrolyte balance for the day. Yeah, then you, you don't have to feel like you're playing catch up later on in the day, even if there is a change in your activity level or something like that. Like if, if I'm going to be, let's say, you know, doing something physical that day, like I'll, I'll grab some salt crystals and just bring them with me, you know, just keep them in my pocket because I'll, I'll just, I'll just grab some and munch on them. If, if I'm just feeling a little bit off or like, oh man, it's, it's been a while just as, as kind of a quick fix. Yep. And that other question came in from Fraser. Any tips on when you feel a bit lightheaded during the fast 43 hours in? Yeah, absolutely. You can go for a walk, you can take a nap, but before you do any of that, give it 15, 20 minutes. 
because breaking your fast typically doesn't help in this situation. Now, if you feel ill, yeah. of course, break your fast. If you're a diabetic, check your blood sugar. If it's low, break your fast. But this is that transition when you go into ketosis as well. So mm -hmm. it's going to help all of the same symptoms of the electrolyte imbalance that you can get in the morning are the same things when you transition from, you know, burning through all that short-term glucose and glycogen and getting into a deeper state of ketosis as well. Yeah. Or a little shot of pickle juice. That could be yep. um, a nice go-to too. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I will pass on the pickle juice. <laughs> we had another question come in about ketone strips and how, how inaccurate they are. So before, before we could even get to that question, it's interesting because ketone strips were originally created not for knowing if you're in ketosis, but for diabetics to know that if they're dangerously approaching diabetic ketoacidosis. Mm, this is the ketone urine strips, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. So with ketone strips, this question came in from Jason. He's lost 46 pounds since January 20th this year following fasting and keto. Wow. Congratulations, Congrats, Jason. sir. Oh, that's Incredible. Crazy. Awesome. Right? Incredible. Yeah. Bought some ketone urine strips to see if I was in ketosis. And oddly, they show me as only having trace ketones, even after a day of fasting. Yep. I know they're not very accurate, but surely they would occasionally show me as in ketosis. I mean, nope. even when I eat, it's extremely low carbon, no sugar, all fat with moderate protein, nothing that should be breaking ketosis. So are they just wrong? Yeah. Or have I lost that weight without being in proper ketosis? I certainly feel fitter and healthier than I have in years. You should, Jason, with 46 right. pounds down. Congratulations. Yes. I can't believe how much I've changed in a short period, but I'm perplexed about the test swab thing and I don't have a blood test machine to test myself. Any ideas? Yeah, throw them away. They're not for you. You don't need them. They weren't designed for you. This is what I love about the community group is like, with those sort of results, you're doing something right. Don't bother with any of it. Right. I just listen to my body and it seems to work out. So if you want accuracy, he already, he already answers his own question in here, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. not having the understanding of why that happens can be a little bit frustrating. Yeah. That little seed of doubt. Yeah. Chink yeah. in the armor, as you like to say, right? Chink in the armor. Yeah. Because you want confidence on your next step. You know, you want to you know that you're not just like heading in the wrong direction or that you, you did something really wrong and that now you have a new problem that you need to fix, something like that. So I, I think just, just understanding that, that they were designed for a completely different application. And it's just the barrier of entry. Like they're like 20 bucks or something like that. You can easily get them anywhere. So they're that the, expensive. Wow. I don't know. Maybe oh, they're okay. $10. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're useless for our fat loss efforts. So whatever the cost, it's a waste of money, whether it's $2 or a hundred dollars, but they're, right. they're pretty easy to get. And it, it sounds more appealing than like doing a finger prick. Because if or you want accurate, in a keto mojo. yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's not eighty or a hundred dollars, but if you want ketone data, you're gonna need to to measure your blood. Period. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. So what you're measuring there is the byproduct of the creation of the ketones, and what we actually want is beta hydroxybutyric acid, which is the BHB, and it's formed from acetoacetate. So it's not technically a ketone. But it is, the, it is the marker that we're measuring and that we want to see. So acetone is a side product. Acetoacetate is created from the breakdown of the fatty acids when you convert, you know, into or, or move into ketosis. Mm -hmm. So you're measuring a byproduct. You're not actually measuring ketones. So the one thing I want to mention in here 
was that he's doing so many things right. And he said, or have I lost all the weight without being in proper ketosis? No. If you've been fasting, you've gotten into ketosis. Mm -hmm. Lots of time. Can you lose weight without getting into ketosis? Yes. Do you not get all the additional added benefits of getting in ketosis? No. Does that really matter? Not really. <laughs> what matters is the result, how you feel. And you even admit it here, Jason. Again, shout out that I can't believe how much I've changed in such a short period. I mm. certainly feel fitter and healthier than I ever have in years. And if you want to find out more, you can click the link in the show notes. Um, we have a link. We've partnered with Keto Mojo. We've partnered with them for the last few years. Their customer mm. support is incredible. If you are looking to invest into a Keto Mojo, uh, we have a pretty crazy discount on top of whatever discounts and bundles that they're running on the site at any time. Yeah. And it's something that I've used on my journey. You use, dozens of yep. our coaching clients have used. Um, but I don't think you need it because you're crushing it, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yep. 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 All right, Tommy. That was uh, a bunch of questions. We got a bunch more coming at you over the next few weeks. Nice. We stockpile these. We find the threads. So if you are looking to take an action now off of today's episode, you can head to the show notes. You can click the link for the Facebook community group where we grab these questions from today. Mm -hmm. uh, you can grab our blueprint to fasting for fat loss. That's where it's going to talk about some of the initial stuff on how to build your plate, how to break a fast. What, it, what are the different types of fasts? If you're more of a beginner, it's a 20-page PDF. Um, we'll send it to your email inbox. You can have it. Uh, it's been an incredible resource since we dropped it earlier this year in January, middle of January this year. Uh, it's been an incredible thing. But most importantly, take one thing from today's episode, take an action as we sign off for today, Tommy, and that's going to wire the fasting lifestyle into your day-to-day, -day, which then, as we like to say, beginning with the end in mind, hopefully it's going to move you towards your end goal or your end result. And really, really once and for all, getting that weight off, keeping it off, and like Jason, feeling better, feeling fitter, and feeling healthier than ever before. So Tommy. Yes, love it. Appreciate the conversation as always, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.